podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another Media Matters for Anfield Index. The season may be over, but for journalists and media figures, it is crazy time. The transfer madness now begins. And hopefully with Liverpool, there will be quite a lot happening this summer. Fingers crossed, touch wood, all those types of things. I am delighted to say again, we've got the renowned and respected journalist David Lynch with us. David, how are we? Yeah, good. Thank you. It's going to say glad the season is over, but it doesn't get any less busy because it's uh, transfer time now. So it's uh, yeah, a little crazy still. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's going to be a busy period for you with everything that's happening at Anfield this summer. So we'll go through the usual, ladies and gents. We'll talk about off the field matters. Don't worry, we'll talk about transfers at length. We'll ask David everything he possible we possibly can see if we can get any bits of information. It will be the usual format. So. One place I did want to start, David, I think he's right to start here, was it's your exclusive, the Fabio Carvalho situation. I know you saw the article for Football Insider. And to be honest, since that exclusive from you, it's developed further. We've seen a lot of comments from other journalists, stories. We've seen a lot on social media, maybe people putting two and two together and getting 27. Who knows? But there's a lot of talk, isn't there, around is it a temporary departure on loan is there a buyback is it permanent all those things maybe a a short question but probably a long answer what is the latest with Fabio Carvalho at the moment yeah so nothing's really sort of moved on since I since I wrote that story I think it's still sort of a bit of a a deadlock really so that to to sort of explain the situation I was trying to get across in the story it's obviously Jurgen Klopp has, has, has told Fabio that he's not in his plans for next season. That that is guaranteed. He's he, you know no matter right. what happens sort of in the preseason period or whatever. I think Jurgen Klopp knows what his, his squad is going to look like and, and has a good idea that there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for Fabio Carvalho. And that, to be honest, from the outside that makes sense, doesn't it? Because I think yeah. you know, you've seen this season he's, he's he struggled even with the team struggling to to pick up any minutes. And also it's not very obvious where he fits into the team. Is it? I think you know. You could use him as that left-sided forward, but but Liverpool are really well stocked there, particularly because yeah. you can play not just Jota and Diaz, but also Nunez can play out in that position. So Carvalho doesn't fit in there, and he probably lacks the physicality at the moment to to play in midfield. We've seen Elliot struggle with elements of that himself, and he's not a, a big player. And I think Fabio Carvalho probably similar similarly would 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 possibly struggle there. So there's not really yeah. a place for him. So the situation is that he, he needs to get out and play football. Now Liverpool's preference would be obviously. To, to loan the player out and, and and hope that, you know, he can sort of kick on and then come back to Liverpool and, and make an impact or, you know, further down the line, they may have to sell him and, and, and make a lot of money on, on him if he has a successful loan spell. But I think 
from the player's perspective, you've got to think, you know, I, I got a lot of replies to that. Okay, well, why doesn't he want to go to, to Burnley, West Ham and, and um, Brentford? They're the clubs who are in from at the moment. Or what about X club? Why couldn't he go on loan there and see how yeah. it goes? But I think you've, you've got to think of these things from the player's perspective. And sometimes, you know, if you go out on loan to a club and they change manager or the, the style of play doesn't fit what your sort of game is, or, you know, things get a little bit tight and they end up in a relegation battle. And then, you know, using a young player who you aren't going to get any long-term return from doesn't make any sense anymore. So a loan move might seem appealing from Liverpool's side of things and also from the supporters, but but maybe not for the player himself. And particularly when you, you factor in that there's a there's a club in there who's, who's had a bid um, rejected already. Yeah. Um, plays in the Champions League and would then, you know, that will be a permanent offer. So, you know, that club has then got the long-term interest to the player at heart. You could see why that might appeal. So I think the situation is that the Liverpool really are sort of reluctant to lose Fabio Carvalho on a permanent deal. The player ideally wouldn't want to go. He'd, he'd like to stay at Liverpool and, and, and play more regularly. But, you know, neither of those options is really on the table. So I think it's going to, you know, is there a way of finding some kind of compromise, i.e., you know, a, a, a permanent move? to a club that will look after the player, but then with a, you know, insert a, a decent buyback clause if he really yeah. kicks on and, and hopefully he could bring him back to Anfield that way. I think that is maybe one one route out of this, but I think, you know, uh, the, the, what I was trying to communicate with that story is it, it's, a, it's a, a difficult and delicate situation at the moment and it's there's not a lot of easy answers around it, but I think, you know, Liverpool have really got to, you know, you, you want to see the player go out and play, don't you? But I think yeah. Liverpool have got to also factor in you know, his needs in terms of, you know, what would be the best next step for him? Yeah, absolutely. And it really is a key next step for a player. Like you said, had a few games early doors, but hasn't even been in squads even in recent times. And it just went on this situation where he's sort of out of the frying pan into the fire, if you think about it, because he could be in one people where he goes to another team and gets a move. But what was if they play a similar setup to us and his position doesn't really fit there? So, yeah, is a I think the right phrase there, delicate. We'll be interested to see what happens there. And speaking of Jurgen Klopp, this is this is one that quite a few of our sort of subscribers jumped on. I don't know if it was uh, maybe being a bit dramatic, possibly, and that's my phrase. But Jurgen Klopp mentioned in his press conference about for certain targets you may have to wait six to seven weeks, and there was that key line, wasn't it? The better the club, the harder it will be to sort of prize them away. Is there anything to be concerned about, would you say, in that regard, David? Or is it just a business will take time, they'll get them in before pre-season if possible, and we roll from there type of situation? Um, I think it's I think it's as much an acceptance that, that Liverpool sort of have got a lot of, of potential options out there. I think it's an acknowledgement that they don't exactly know what, what the end of this summer is going to look like in terms of what they'll end up with. They've got a very, very lengthy list of players, and I think we're sort of starting to see at the moment, actually, just how long that list of players is with, with some yeah. names that are coming out fresh. I think every time a, a fresh name comes out, I think people convince themselves that, oh, well, this one's 100% happening, as is this one. But the, the, the fact is yeah. they've probably added into the, the list of names that, that we already know about. It's, you know, these are all potential options and spinning, you know, Liverpool are sort of trying to work out how that's going to play out, how, what would be the best mix, whether they end up with two or three midfielders, what that sort of looks like and, and, and all those sort of things that are working themselves out, as much as the players then deciding what actually is the best move for them, where will they go and play football most regularly, where's the best chance of winning trophies, what's the best wage, all those things they've got to factor in. And so that, you know, that that can take a little time. I think that there are 
certain moves. And I think, you know, McAllister's a really good example. I think you can see Liverpool are really trying to push to, to get that one done early if they can, because I think yeah. there might be competition there. And But it seems like that, the, the, the wheels are really moving on that one. So maybe that's one they can get wrapped up early. But then what comes in behind then, I, I think is slightly up in the air. And, and that, yeah, that will maybe take some time to resolve. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, Jürgen's going into this transfer window knowing that he, he would like to get things wrapped up before pre-season. So I think there is there's going to be that aggression there from Liverpool and they are going to push hard to get things sorted as quickly as possible. But I think that, you know, you have to accept that the transfer market isn't straightforward and, and that there will be, you know, a slight delay to that. If not, sort of, you know, it, it won't, I don't suggest it will be dragging on until the, the, the very start of the season or anything like that. I think Liverpool will will try to get things wrapped up a lot quicker than that. Yeah, which makes sense. And knowing how we do business historically, the evidence there, there will also be sales and other things to factor in. So, yeah, definitely one to, to watch, so to speak. And speaking of, of people or things to watch, we had York Schmacker confirmed by the club. So, as they say, it was a, it's a short-term agreement with the possibility of a, a long-term stay, if that's the right phrase, that he starts work on the 1st of June. That's the factual element. The um, the speculation element, David, has been about will he focus on Bundesliga players? How will he interact? I mean, there's been the interview he's done for Germany in Sport One where he's talked about the difference in or the variation of role in Germany as opposed to the UK and what's expected. For yourself, do you think, I suppose maybe it's a simple question, do you think you guys will get much out of Jörg Schmacker as he would do if he was in Germany or is it very much just a, a quiet brief behind the scenes here, would you say? I mean, I'd like to hope that he's he's going to speak to us regularly. That would be really nice from a journalistic perspective. I you know, hope we see a lot of him and, and hear a lot of him because that's always helpful for us. And I think it's good for fans as well if there's that line of communication there. So so yeah. hopefully, I think a couple of interesting things to mention about this, actually. Um, the, the contract length has been something that's sort of been discussed. Now, Liverpool are adamant from their side that this is, it is longer than three months, despite wow. the fact that that contradicts what Jörg Schmack had said in in that interview. So I, I find that interesting. And I mean, even after that came out, it was a, 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 sort of, like I say, they were adamant that, that, that it actually is long. So I do wonder if there's some sort of agreement there is, okay, we we see how this goes over the, the, the transfer period, the first transfer period, but maybe they've said, you know, maybe sign a six-month contract or a 12-month contract. And, and, and if it doesn't quite work out, maybe you get the payoff at the end of it. That That's just me speculating, but I, I just wanted to sort of stand up that element of it and it, just to, to give people some understanding that the, the really, you know, the suggestion is that there actually is a, a longer contract than that, even if that's not how the arrangement is going to play out in itself. So that that's kind of an interesting one. And yeah. uh, on the on the stuff about the Bundesliga, um, you know, again, the, 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 he, you know, his job title is sporting director. So I don't think there's any sort of element of him coming in as that transfer consultant, as was suggested. I think he's very much taken on the day-to-day role that, that Julian Ward was was fulfilling and, and, and having all those tasks really being part of his role. So, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a particular focus on any any league. You know, maybe he's got better contacts there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that really with, with sort of looking at his, his working history. But, um, yeah. you know, he's, he's very much coming in to, to do the whole job and, and, and to, you know, if Liverpool can get McAllister over the line, he will be heavily involved in that. And, you know, same with, with any other midfield targets. So, um, yeah, he's, he's very much the sporting director for now. And, and, and maybe if he if he does succeed and he gets on well with everyone, then maybe that will be extended and, and it can become a long-term thing. Yeah, interesting. And 
like you said, the, the nature of the role, Liverpool's behind the scenes working at the top, all those types of things have been in discussion. And probably one just to, to pick your brains about as well, the, the James Milner interview, you know, post-game after the, that final game of the season, he mentioned that the manager wanted me to stay at the club but as it subsequently said, it, it, he didn't say a specific time, but as it's come out, about three weeks ago, the club said he, you know, it's not happening, so to speak. Do, do you feel that shows anything such as a, a change in the inner workings? And again, this is all speculation, but there has been that rampant speculation, you know, that Jurgen Klopp's power is almost all-encompassing. He's really pulling the strings. But then again, when Milner says something like that, it throws up a few questions naturally. I mean, is there anything coming out in regards to those inner workings that you can reveal at all? Well, to me, I thought, you know, not to say I, I wanted James Milne to lead or anything like that. I think he's been, you know, been an incredible servant, but, but I was hugely encouraged by that, to be honest. I think it shows that there are still checks and balances in place. I think that's something that people have run away with a little bit in terms of saying, you know, yes, I agree. I think Jurgen Klopp has got maybe more power than he did initially, but, but I think it's, you know, it shows that there are limits to that in terms of what he can do. And, um, you know, I I think there's been some explanation there as well, actually this feeds into some of the Schmacker stuff in terms of how, how that whole thing's going to work. And, 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 you know, that, that Klopp sort of picks from a list of players and, and, and then Schmacker tries to get them over the line. And I think I maybe mentioned that previously on this podcast in terms of, I thought that that was maybe what he was role was going to be someone to do the deals and and get them over the line. Um, rather than sort of heavily involved in the scouting element. But I think what what was interesting about what he said was that, you know, it's not simply a case of Jurgen Klopp saying, I want this player, um, you know, ignoring the scouts or anything like that. He has to pick from a list, um, was, was the way he made it sound, which again is really encouraging to me. I think it again shows that, you know, everybody sort of has to be on the same page in terms of we believe in this these players, we think these could be good. Now, which ones do you like sort of thing? And and that's how it worked previously. You know, even with Michael Edwards there, I think there's sort of an assumption that Michael Edwards was forcing players onto Klopp. It was a, it was a balanced working relationship where they would debate the, the you know, the whys and wherefores of set, signing certain players and the and the merits of players and the, the downsides. And, and it would, be, you know, work collaboratively to come up with signings. I think, you know, too much is made of, of Klopp maybe admitting, for example, that, you know, Salah, he had to be convinced a little bit. It's not like he completely didn't want him or thought he was yeah. rubbish. Or he wouldn't have allowed that signing to go through. It was a, a, you know, they worked collaboratively. And I think what we're seeing from from the, the Milner contract decision um, and, and also what how Schmadker explained his role shows to me that that collaborative thinking is, you know, if it if it went away at all, is is certainly back now and is, is the way they're going to work going forward. And for me, Obviously, that that sort of echoes how they used to work when 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 things were going their absolute best and where Liverpool were utterly faultless in the transfer market. So that's that's encouraging and a, and a really good sign for me going forward. Yeah, I think that that will definitely be encouraging for all listeners. It's almost back to that that sort of synergy is a lot of wanted for a long time. So throwing out the typical names like Gordon Hunter, Fallows, Schmacker now working with Will Spearman on his promotion all club as a it's almost a lambasted term, but it's important that transfer committee works holistically, works together. I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. So that is definitely music to our ears. And, and with this section, I have no doubt, David, you knew you wouldn't get away with without us asking you 10,000 transfer questions or names or the latest on certain things, because that's the, the hot topics, understandably, and what people are looking for. And it makes sense probably to start a name you mentioned there. <laughs> 
almost Alexis McAllister, as per the reports, the suggestions, he gets closer. That's the key phrase, isn't it, every day? I think he's practically camping in Jurgen Klopp's office as we speak now. Is, is there any sort of real update or is it just a, it's really close still, wait for that one to develop? Yeah, I, I, I just don't think things as as maybe far along as being suggested. But it, but this stuff can move quickly. There's sort of it, it's widely known, isn't it, that there's a there's a figure at which Brighton will do business and a sort of gentleman's agreement around that. So that that negotiation isn't particularly difficult. I think things are getting closer on the player side in terms of an agreement on, on the terms, and 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 it seems from the outside that McAllister sort of seems very keen to come to Liverpool. So that that's encouraging and and, and good. Um, but you know, like I say, I, I don't. You know, it, it's easy to say yes, it's close, and I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be taking a huge risk in saying that here. But I also think, you know, this this will move, and there will be actual news at some point in terms of a, a bid going in, or you know, not necessarily a bid, but sort of meeting that that sort of agreed release clause, and and, yeah. and then it will progress very quickly from there. But it, you know, I think we're getting updates, aren't we, every thirty seconds about something yeah. close, and then it's closer, and then it's even closer. Um, but, you know, I think it's best as a journalist to sort of wait until there's some actual news happening and, and, and sort of real talk start happening with Brighton. And, and we're not quite at that point yet, as I understand it. But, I think you know, it will move very quickly when it happens, because, as I say, there's a there's a figure there that I think everybody involved in that deal knows what it is. And, and you know, it will just be about structure from there. Yeah, we do, definitely. If there's a figure, will make things easier, especially with tough negotiators like Brighton as well. So, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. One that almost has maybe gone full reverse, according to reports, Mason Mount. I mean, there was that David Ornstein article this week suggesting that almost it came from nowhere that if he does move, Manchester United is his preference. I mean, again, it might be a a short question with a longer answer. Is this one almost dead in the water for Liverpool now? Is that how you're seeing it? I wouldn't say dead in the water because I think, you know, Liverpool had done a lot of groundwork on Mount and and, and clearly really like him. But I think... I get the sense that it's probably less likely. I mean, one thing I would say, and it might come as a bit of a surprise, is that people on Mount's side of things were kind of shocked about where that story had come from, um, which I think is really interesting. I think, you know, to people close to the player didn't seem to know where that had come from, which to me suggests it's maybe a story that's come from the United side. Now, I, I don't cast doubt on it at all because I think, you know, if people at Manchester United are saying they're confident they'll get it done, they'll have got that indication from somewhere um, yeah. and, and they won't want to look silly by saying that. So, I, you know, I've no doubt it's true. And obviously, David Ornstein, fantastic reporter. He, he doesn't get many wrong, does he, if, if any at all, really. So, um, you know, I, I, I've no reason to doubt that. But yeah, it's it's certainly not come from the players' side. So maybe that shows that there's some element where, where Liverpool could still sneak in or... You know whether they will do or not. I'm not really sure, but that that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. And I think you know one thing Liverpool will be wary of is that if there is going to be a bidding war and and that gives Chelsea some leverage, which they shouldn't really have because yeah. you know he's one year out from his contract and they do need to sell him because of FFP. But if 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 clubs are going to get into the, other clubs are going to get themselves into that situation where they they're trying to outbid each other, then it'll definitely be one that Liverpool will step away from because. We've said it a million times. They, they want to know what they're doing kind of as early as possible in this window. And they also don't want to be forced to pay, you know, what what, what was that ridiculous price tag that was put on him at 85 million yeah. a year out of his contract? Now, I, I know it'll get nowhere near that, but even if you start pushing past 60, it, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. So, um, 
you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Liverpool dead in the water, but I, but I am, you know, I, I don't doubt the veracity of that report at all. And I would say, you know, the chances of him coming are, are slightly less than they were a couple of months ago, because I know Liverpool were at that point had done a lot of groundwork to to maybe get Mount in. So, um, you know, if United are confident, I'm sure there'll be a reason for that. Yeah, we'll definitely be one to keep an eye on. And, and exactly like you said, Ornstein did mention in that report that Liverpool were the early front runners before this. So, yeah, be interesting to see. Probably jumping a bit to, to the other side because we've talked about Carvalho and naturally there's a few other murmurings. I mean, we've even seen recently Andy Robertson to Real Madrid. I suppose, is there any updates around any outgoings, even, and I'm throwing names at you a bit here, but like Kelleher, Simica speculation, anything like that you can tell us at all around outgoings? Uh, nothing really sort of to report from my side in terms of, uh, you know, anything concrete of bids coming in or anything like that. I think the Kelleher stuff, I know Klopp said the other day, didn't he, about, you know, we, we don't want to lose him and, and it would take something extraordinary. But even in saying it would take an extraordinary offer is sort of an admission that, you know, okay, he can probably go, but it's going to have to be for a lot of money. So if, you, if you're interested, yeah. then come with that money. So I do expect, I expect something to sort of ramp up with that because we know, we know Liverpool are looking at goalkeepers as well. Um, so you know that that's going on. So I, I I do expect something to happen with Kelleher, and and I think first team football would, would be really appealing for him to to make that move. Now he's at a good stage in his career to do it. So I, I really do think that that's going to happen uh, this summer. With the others, you know, I, I wrote a piece about this actually for a Norwegian fan site. Um, I wrote the other day and and, and sort of mentioned that the, there were there were possibilities there really that are kind of hard to predict in terms of will this interest arrive? You know, I know it, it's been mentioned by other reporters that Joel Matip's possible candidate to leave this summer, but, you know, he's on decent wages. He's he's only yeah. year out, so that will be helpful in, in terms of the fee. But, you know, he's probably going to have to compromise on, on wages if he's going to make a move somewhere else to play more regularly. So, you know, will he do that? That is the big question. Simakas, you know, this is a summer where he's two years out from the end of his deal. That would usually be contract renewal time or move on. Um, but is there that interest there? Is he ready to really push to to sort of ensure he gets first team football elsewhere? We don't quite know that at the moment. Um, and and I was sort of mentioned Joe Gomez as one really because I think I just don't think he, you know from his perspective is he going to get in the England squad if he stays at Anfield next season? Particularly with Liverpool looking at the defensive options and yeah. and the fact he's behind Canate, he's behind Van Dijk already. He'll be back, you know. He could be behind whoever else they sign, and you know he's really struggling to to get minutes. So, you know, for for his perspective, I think he and he's also a really saleable asset that Liverpool have got. You know, he's one of the few in the, in the squad that you think you could get decent money from, particularly from a, a Premier League team. So, you know, it's not one where Liverpool will force him out by any means, but you know, he really does probably have a, a big decision to make this summer, um, and it'll be interesting to see which way he goes on that. So. Yeah, a few question marks over some of those plays, but I don't think any of those are going to move particularly quickly on, just on the basis that I think, you know, if you're a club who wants to buy someone like that from a Liverpool, do you wait until the end of the window to sort of move for it? Or, you know, do you think you can squeeze out a better price if you do that? It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. And especially with knowing historically how Liverpool have operated and their focus on the net spend, definitely wants to keep an eye on there. Good stuff. And probably one, the, the sort of final area we wanted to, to ask you about is we've called this the something or nothing round. So we thought what we'd do is, based on the latest links, fire the names at you and you're completely free to say nothing on it, provide as much context as possible if there is something, just so we've kind of got an update for all the 
subscribers on where we stand or what we can find out around certain players. So probably the latest link, to, and I may be putting these two together, but they do seem to be the real hot topic right now. Kepren Turan from Nice and Manu Kone from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Have you anything on those two? They do seem the sort of hot two names at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't doubt for a second that you know, that they're on Liverpool's list. Um, there's just no doubt about it in, in my mind. Um, two players I definitely like, but again, I don't. Neither of those, as far as my understanding, neither of those are at the stage where you know big negotiations are going on with the clubs and, and anything's close or anything like that. There's a lot of other clubs in for them. They're going to have a lot of options, and also, you know, Liverpool again, like I said they have got a, a very lengthy list of potential midfield targets. So I think people are thinking, OK, well, those names have been linked now. It's it's, it's done, the, the both signing, and it really isn't, you know, we're, we're not close to that at the minute. Um, I think the focus is on McAllister now, but Kone and Turam, yeah, de- definitely not ones I would rule out. The, the, you know, I think there's a good chance maybe one of the two would, would, would maybe end up at Anfield because I think the way things are progressing with Mount, that maybe, two, you know, one of those two will end up being a, a really appealing option. But... Yeah, we're not we're not at that stage yet. Nothing nothing's really sort of progressed with that. I just think it's tentative inquiries with with the uh, representatives of both to sort of see what a deal would look like, and and yeah, that that will play out over the coming weeks. Which, which makes complete sense if McAllister is that priority target, get that one over the line, and yeah, like you said, start looking from there. Probably a, a couple of defensive names, uh, uh, maybe from left field, a couple of these, but it's worth asking. So the two that have recently caught fire are Benjamin Pavard from Bayern Munich. And if I'm pronouncing it right, Aguerd, the centre-half at West Ham. Anything on those two at all? Yeah, Aguerd, I, I don't doubt Liverpool like him in terms of, I think, you know, defensively his profile's pretty good, but it, I, I just think he would cost an awful lot of money to get out of West Ham. He'd only just signed for them. Um, you know, age-wise, he's not, you know, he's not young. So it's not, you know, you're not bringing him in in terms of where Canate's age was and asking him to develop a little bit and and have all that sort of long potential. And, and for the money he cost, you know, he, he just it just doesn't sort of make sense to me really as a target. I, 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 I'm sure that, you know I, know, I know where the reports have come from. I'm sure he is someone who sort of Liverpool's recruitment staff have looked at and liked because he's, he's a good player, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just not sure that that's one Liverpool will will really push for because of the the, the money involved for someone who you initially asking to come in as your third choice centre back. Yeah, and um, and the other name was what what was the other name? Sorry, Pavard by oh name. Pavard. Yeah, and you know maybe there's a, a cheap deal to be done there. I think a lot of, a lot there would depend on sort of you know where Liverpool are at in terms of what they think the system is going to look like next season. Are they just going to push? Trent Alexander-Arnold into midfield full-time or, or, or do they need someone in there who can play right back? And Pavard's probably a good fit, actually, because I know he's, he has played centre-half sometimes, hasn't he? I think particularly yeah. in back three as well. So it, it profile-wise sort of makes a, a lot of sense to me, but I, I can't say I've, I've, I've heard an awful lot on, on in terms of his name being mentioned, but, you know, maybe that's one to keep an eye on because, he, you know, wouldn't maybe cost too much and, and maybe that, that deal will be there to be done. And, you know, he's that sort of flexible defender who can can play in that way. I think one one actually a um, little bit of insight to, I, I got sort of cold water poured on, on the idea of Jurian Timber. I know he's someone who's been linked a lot. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get the impression um, that that that's one that Liverpool are going to actively pursue, even though you know I sort of again thought he maybe had the profile, but I, I don't I don't think that's one that Liverpool are going to go for this summer. Wow, yeah, that that had been a sort of hot topic, so yeah, definitely an insight there. And 
the only two are, again, they're, they're more recent leagues. One a, one a defender, one a midfielder, you know, one in the UK and one outside. So Romeo Lavia, the Southampton midfield, and then if I'm pronouncing it right, Inacio, the left-sided centre-back at Sporting. Anything on those two at all? So Lavia, I know, I know definitely Liverpool have been in touch with his representatives. Again, you know, whether anything comes of that, that, you know, that will be happening with a lot of players, like I said. Definitely contacted Lavia's representatives and they're in touch with them. But again, there's going to be a lot of competition there. There might be other clubs who say, we can play you every week, 100%, you know, whether Liverpool can offer that to him. He might not think that that's a possibility. He might not think it's as good of a fit in terms of he'll play as frequently or he might get offered better money elsewhere. So I think he's going to have a lot of options. Um, So I think Liverpool are across it. Definitely someone who's on the list um, as a potential midfield signing, but don't, don't know whether they're going to pull the trigger on him, which you could say of quite a few different yeah. players um, and in Asio I, I, I'll be open about that one I, I do not know anything about it <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if he's on the list as a possibility or, or whether there's been any contact there um, certainly an interesting name and, and we know Liverpool are looking at defenders he seems to fit more profile age-wise a little bit more so, yeah. so maybe there could be something in that one um, and, and they do seem to like the Portuguese mar- market so possibly but I can't offer any sort of personal insight on that one because I haven't, I haven't heard a thing on it Good, good to get that insight. And yeah, definitely the update around Timber. I mean, I know we've almost thrown every name we can think of there and we've got that great insight. It's very much a McAllister seems to be the priority, which hopefully moves quickly and then we'll move down the list for want of a better phrase. Is there any others you think it's worth keeping an eye on or anything else it's worth mentioning rather than it's just going to move quickly with Liverpool this summer at all? Yeah, I, I think we've sort of covered pretty much everyone who, who seems to be on the list at the moment. Um, you know, I can't think of anyone else who's sort of out there who I think is going to pop up late. I think I think a lot of it's out there. I think there's, there's potential, isn't there, for, for this defensive signing to come out of nowhere um, yeah. because there hasn't been a huge amount of names, you know, and like I said, I, I don't think it's going to be Timber. So, you know, there's, there's maybe, you know, something can can really pop up there but I'm uh, yeah not quite sure at the moment who that's going to be and yeah I suppose we'll just have to wait and see yeah absolutely and whilst everyone else is ramping up for their summer holidays and away to the airport I suspect it's going to be a hugely hugely busy period for yourself so all these be to say is normal thanks very much for your time David it's much appreciated no thank you very much always a pleasure good stuff and thank you to all listeners that was another Anfield Index Pro Media Matters. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.